Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 171st edition of the Doss and D Show. You're in for yet another ripping edition. Before we get into it, make sure you're following or subscribed to the show so you never miss a new episode. And remember, you can watch the full episode now on YouTube. And for daily Doss and D, follow us on the social media platforms in the show notes. Right, today's guest is an absolute legend in Australian sport. She is a former captain of the Australian national netball team with 46 caps and is a two-time international player of the year. Domestically, she is a premiership winner with the Adelaide Thunderbirds and is one of the best ever to play in the comp. She is also a former vice-captain of the Collingwood AFLW team and All-Australian member in 2020. You may also know her from TV, radio or the podcasting world. Get excited everybody, it's Shani Norder. What an absolute blast it was welcoming Shani on the show and having a laugh while discussing a wide range of topics in both the sporting world and Shani's life. From inside the locker room stories of both the netball and AFLW dressing rooms to the wider and complex issues of women's sport, Shani is certainly not afraid to hold back in her beliefs and opinions and shared stories that left nothing on the table. We laughed as Shani shared premiership winning bender stories, dirty opposition tactics and on-field sledges, but we also heard about some of the incredible hardships she's experienced, including the impact of Danny Frawley's death, her battle with depression and some of the darkest days she's had to face. Now this episode may affect you in some different ways, but you'll be sure to have a good laugh throughout and hear some incredible insights. So without further ado, here she is, the one, the only, Shani Norder. Now, we know this guest probably has one name, Shani Layton, but yes. Shani, you changed your name recently, you're married, yes. Shani Norder. Shani Norder. So what do we prefer? Well, I'll, like, I prefer Norder because that's my actual name. The only issue is is that I was Shani Layton playing sports. So if I'm doing publicity or a talk or going to a school, I'm here with a pod. If you go, g'day, Shani Norder here. Apart from the fact <laughs> I sound like a bogan, people won't know who I am. Well, we're so excited to have you and we've had a great chat off air. So firstly, just want to say thank you for joining us on the Doss and D Show. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. We're in a really funky room right now. Yeah, you quite like this, don't I'm, you? I'm in love. It reminds me of like 1920s Gatsby. It is um, true. Yeah, like the frocks, the party. Yeah, I love it. What's going on? So you, you mentioned horses briefly. So are you back with horses now? You got, you got a bit of a farm or? Yeah, well, I wish I had a farm. I don't have that much money, unfortunately. Okay. I remember I played women's sport. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, so I moved down to Frankston during COVID, me yeah. and the hubby did, and I I grew up down there, absolutely love it. And fortunately, there's a lot of paddocks down that way. So once I retired from sports, so I did 15 years netball and three years AFLW, I knew my ADHD personality would go a bit nuts if I had nothing. So being smart, Shani, I pre-prepared for post-sport Shani and I did that by buying an off-the-tracker racehorse. Um, oh, so oh, retired. Wow. Yes. Um, and it was a very bad idea because he's just injured all the time. Really? And they drain the bank account. But I love him very much. And then I thought, when you've got one... Why not have two? Why not? <laughs> Why not? And so, so now I've got two off the trackers and look, if I could uh, rescue all the X-ray sources, I would, but unfortunately, once again, my bank account doesn't allow for that. <laughs> How old were these horses when you rescue them? And and you said, what kind of condition are they in? Because this is an interesting topical conversation. It is very. I didn't think we'd go here either. We've but. come straight out of the gate. Um, <laughs> oh, well so they, so Ghost, um, he was five years old when I got him and neither of them actually raced. So okay. there's a big thing, obviously, with animal welfare that, you know, a lot of the racehorses, the ones that do well are great. They'll always get looked after. Um, but there's a lot of horses that get bred for racing that never even see the racetrack. So they go to the trial, they fail the trial, and then they're just disposed of. Wow. Um, so they usually get picked up by stable hands or people that have worked with the horses or they go onto the sales websites. Um, they don't do too well on the sales websites if they haven't raced because then people aren't really interested in them. And then people like me go online. I found him in Brisbane. He was eight. 18 hands. So for anyone that knows horses, I'm six foot two and his back is higher than me. I can't see over the wow. top of him. Wow. Yeah, he's a real big boy. He was fairly skinny. He had been treated really poorly. He had um, a really bad temper because of this mistreatment and it took me six months to be able to catch him. Um, he took a chunk out of my shoulder. Oh, um, no. Yeah, charged at me one day. Um, but fortunately, <laughs> I'm very patient and we're now three years on and we're best mates and we get along really well. And then Dino, the other one, similar. He had, was treated fine, so confidence-wise he had a good personality. Um, but he has a 
kissing spine, which is a bulging disc. Um, so he wasn't going to obviously make a good racehorse. He can't be ridden because of his back. So I just do rehab with him. Um, you know, if you've got a bad back, if you're moving, yep. it's better than being left alone. So whilst I wanted to get back into competing horses, I now call myself the horse rehabber. <laughs> Love it. Like mm. Good branding. Yeah. Good. Who would have thought everyone listening probably thinking straight off the bat we're going to be going because obviously everyone knows you as probably the – the, the netballer, the footballer and media personality as you, you've been, do you still keep a close eye on the Diamonds? Obviously, the is it the World Cup that's going on at the moment, the, yeah. the netball? Um, so the World Cup was earlier this year okay. that we did win, yeah. <laughs> which was great because we lost the previous one to New Zealand. Uh, but, yeah, I do still watch the netball. We had Constellation Cup. It was a two-all, but then it's a score differ- differential. Differential, um, yeah. So the Aussies ended up winning by default, which was good. So so we won the two on home soil and New Zealand won the two on their home soil. So there's yeah, always nice. a big difference yeah. there. Um, and we have a game coming up against South Africa as well. So, yeah, always keeping a sharp eye on the girls and how they're going. Yeah. Are you good at watching? I am now, but it okay. took me a long time. I wasn't when I first retired because, you know, you're always like, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Even though you don't get selected and you get dropped, you're still just like, nah, definitely, I reckon I could do that. Um, so it's always really hard, I think, when you step away from yeah, anything that you love yeah. and you need to process that retirement. And then, yeah, probably a few, probably took me two or three years, I think, and then I got back into commentating uh, yeah. with Fox Netball. After I was doing that, I was like, oh, my God, I love this sport and I love watching the girls and... I just all that passion of mm. a child yeah. came back to me and I realised how much I really love netball. So it's a shame that it gets so serious that you forget that at times, but I'm glad that it's back. I was going to ask, uh, women's sport, we, we want to dive into this and this yes. is interesting. Now, we're just having a conversation off air and we said let's cut this right now because I yep. want to hear it on air. Yes. CBA. Yes. What does it mean? Yes. What does it mean for netball? Yes, great. What are your feelings t- towards it? Okay. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. So for all the netballers that may or may not be listening or people that want to be educated around it, so you've either got a... A CBA or a CPA in sport, yep. which is a collective bargaining agreement or a collective players agreement. So CBA for netball and it generally goes on every two to three years that you renegotiate your contract. So if you were to look at AFL, things that are in your CBA are like the time period of how long you train for. So is it six months? Is it 12 months? Obviously how much money you're getting paid, what kind of trainings you have to do, all the rest of it, all the really fun stuff. And so... Netball are currently going through that renegotiation at the moment, but the Players Association and the players can't come to an agreement with Netball Australia. So this was meant to be done earlier in the year. They've been negotiating, but no one's coming to the party. So at the moment, girls are out of contract. They're not currently getting paid, which means that they have no income. They're struggling with rent. And so, you know, they might have to come down here to South Melbourne, knock on the door, get a job at a cafe for the meantime. But this is a really important time for Netball. And I know there's a lot of people out there that like stop being greedy like the sport doesn't have any money but Alyssa Healy the cricketer actually stood up really well on Offsiders a few weeks ago and said I refuse to believe that a sport that has over a million players Australia-wide that has merchandise going through the door that has grassroots the whole way up doesn't have any money I think it's more of a spot where players or not where the players sorry where the Netball Australia puts the money. So what the players have asked for is a part of the revenue of the income that Netball Australia makes. So I think AFL, it's just gone up to maybe 30%. You'll have to check the number. Yeah, I think this, the cap went up 15%. I think. Yeah. And then I think it's going up another 15% the year after that. So yeah. like it's two years of going up. Of going up. But the revenue side, so I think... I think it's around 30%. Whatever the AFL make, 30% of that has to go to the players. So Netball has asked the same thing. And they said, yeah, can, you know, whatever they come in, we want whatever percentage this may be. Whereas Netball Australia have said you can have a profit share of the revenue, which means they can only have a share of the profits that are made, not the whole thing, if that makes and sense. And then do you, off the top of your head, do you know how the organisation has gone profit-wise the last... No. no. Well, we know that they've so made a loss, have, yeah. but no one knows what they're spending the money on. Okay. Right? So there's no one coming out and going, here are our financials, this is where we've made money, this is where we've lost money. No one knows, and they won't share it with the Players Association. So there's not even a conversation around being able to do that. And so it's just about being fair, the fact that they wouldn't be making money if their players weren't out there on the court bringing that money in for them to be able to 
spend in the first place. And they've had a huge fallout with – so the Players Association and Netball Australia have had a huge fallout over the last couple of years where Netball Australia have made decisions but not run it past the players. So say a Cricket Australia will run things past the cricketers, AFL run things past the AFL players. Netball Australia just make their own decisions. So they don't have an independent board of players that no. represent the cl- – okay. No, and nor do they run anything past them. So they change yeah. the grand final date. They put sponsors on board, obviously without – asking about the Indigenous players with the Hancock prospecting stuff last year and that's only a few of the decisions and the Players Association has come out and publicly said that we're not happy with the way that you've dealt this. Can we create a better relationship? But Netball Australia have shown that they haven't been able to do that. So now we're in a spot where both parties are like butting heads but I get it because if you can't have a negotiation with someone which they haven't been able to do for the last three years it's actually not about the now it's about the relationship that hasn't been mended and something needs to change for that to swap so I don't know what's going to happen but yeah they need something to happen quick otherwise there'll be no competition next year. So currently at this state the girls have to find other jobs is that? Yes absolutely yeah Yeah. so the cricketers because Go cricketers. They've just put up $200,000 to help the netballers fight because they believe in the cause. And what a lot of sporting organisations will do, it's called a bleed out. So they'll just hold on until they have no money in the hope that they will eventually sign. So cricketers gone, you know what? We're actually not going to let you do this to our netballers. We're actually going to help prop them up so that they don't have to do that because they've been through it a few years ago. Mm. Um, And I don't know if you remember, but when Warner came out, because cricket... Australia came out and said we're going to pay the men this much and we're going to pay the women this much and it was different and it took Warner to come out and go, no, no, we want our women to get paid the same as the men. But I think, sorry, just to finish this off, is that I haven't heard from any of the Australian Diamonds players and I want to hear from them. What do they want? What are they standing up for? Because I'm hearing other voices in the industry but I want to know what the players want. And I think once they stand up and have their voices heard, it will have a lot more of an impact and an influence on it. So what's your what's your personal relationship then with Netball Australia or those higher governing bodies? Because I'd love to know where you sit as a former captain of the country. Like mm. where, do you, where do you kind of sit in terms of the relationships with the people up at the top? I clearly don't have a very good one because I'm so <laughs> open-minded. Um, yeah, I actually got let go of commentating last year really? because I was openly opinionated with my opinions. And so, yeah, I, was, I wasn't I was asked to come back this year. This is the first time that I've publicly said that. By wow. the way, so you're welcome. Yeah, um, no worries. But it just shows, like, could you imagine in a men's sport if you were sharing an opinion? Yeah. Like how many guys are there out there that, well, maybe there's a few that get the sack, but... Um. <laughs> well, well, typically in AFL anyway, I mean, that's a sport we follow closely. Yeah. The, the, in the men's commentary or, or journalist yeah. roles, the ones that are the most outspoken are the ones that get most... Most talk. clicks. Yeah, most yeah. clicks, exactly. Really? So. Yeah, I don't know, but I just feel like with my opinions, they're always different, but it's just how my brain works and what it thinks in the positions that I've been in in sport and how I've seen other sports run and I just want the best for netball. I want it to be a sport that keeps booming and growing because I honestly believe it can be the number one women's sport in the world. Yeah. I do believe that we have the potential to do that and it hurts me to see when that's not happening but I'm always happy to be proven wrong. You know, like mm. I love throwing stuff out there and if someone goes, Shan's not that can't happen because of this, I go, no worries, but what about this? Or, yeah, like I just, I don't get offended but I think a lot of people get offended if you, give an opinion these days in whatever it is, right, because they go, oh, that's really rude or it's different or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but if we didn't have two lots of different opinions, we wouldn't get the best outcome for everyone. So how about we embrace it rather than shunning it away? Totally agree with that. You need two sides to every story. And even we've said that with the podcast sometimes. Early days when you when you look back at our earliest episodes, <laughs> D and I agreed on everything. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. exactly. And yeah. unfortunately, I don't and think And if you guys disagree on anything you've heard from me, like, pipe up. Like, oh, well, we, we like to play devil's advocate and we, we will do. be curious throughout the pod, but you're right, Doss, yeah. Yeah, and that's I think that's one of the lessons we've had to learn as a listener. When I mm. listen to a podcast, you listen to a Joe Rogan or whoever else, there's always and there's always two sides, and, yes. and it's back and forth. Not necessarily a debate, but it's at least you know a, a, a good conversation. Mm. I'd, I'd be really keen to hear you mentioned comparing netball to other codes. Mm. Netball could be the biggest in the world, yes. you, you say, which is crazy. I'd, my flashbacks were saying it earlier. Is like I grew up at netball courts. Yeah, like our, our footy ground was right next to Jubilee Park in Frankston, and every Saturday, I, mind you, I used to 
fucking hate it because, <laughs> oh, was, you know, like, oh, order. I just, Don't lie, you loved the girls. <laughs> the, I, no, the, oh, no, I, having two sisters no, was great. Yeah. The, the, the thing I, no, honestly, the thing I loved there was the canteen because it was bloody oh great. Oh, my God. Yeah. The lollies yeah. at that yeah, canteen Saturday were canteen, yeah, it's it's the off best. The head. And value from yeah. memory as well. Good value. Good value, yeah. But comparing that to, say, uh, let's say footy, you, you've yeah. had a lot to do with AFL. When, when you see the development of of women's sport mm. in football clubs, yep. like comparing that with netball to what it is now, like wh- where does that sit, netball and footy? Like football seems to be, I don't know, it's got like the, this new energy, this new zest, and it seems like that might be in front. I don't know. Like, um, yeah, well, like currently, I don't know if it's in front, but it's definitely on its way. Yeah. You know, like netball crowds, you're still kind of getting, like say for Vixens has a home game, they're still kind of selling out five yeah. to 6,000 per stadium. Same in Sydney, same in Brisbane. Whereas your AFLW games, you're currently looking at about 2,500 okay. as your average at the moment. So they actually had in their CBAs, speaking of CBAs, if they get three and a half thousand averaged across the season, they'll get an extra game next year. Mm. So they're actually like putting their growth on numbers. So yeah, they're currently sitting at around two and a half. So whilst they get a few games at four or five, Netball's more consistently getting those numbers. Mm. And I think when you're on an international scale, you're always going to have a few more of those because you've got those that are watching the World Cup and the um, Commonwealth Games and things like that, if that ever goes ahead. Yeah, that's yeah, another story. Um, yeah, that would have been yeah. nice. So, but it? what I love about <laughs> footy is that it's still, you know, it's driving and it's growth and it's going, it's just throwing it all out there and kind of seeing what happens. So, what is scary is the potential that AFLW has um, and the area that it's growing in as the sport continues to develop at such a young age. Whereas netball is already there as a sport. Bought, as in as in the product itself can't get any better. It's just what we need to put around that that needs to get better. Mm. It's interesting. My my local footy club for the first time had more women register than men. Amazing. Um, and and wow. it's absolutely well, which is great for women, but not so good for men because there's actually a decline at <laughs> yeah. the moment in country towns of men playing sport. Which oh, really? Is, which is bad. Well, there you go. Well, I was going to ask because growing like my favorite sport to watch women play, mm. and I've always loved, and I prefer it to the product that the men do is tennis. I don't yes, know why. I love right. women's tennis over men's tennis. Yep. I, I don't know. I think it's maybe... The grunting? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sharapova? Oh, yeah. Sharapova, yeah. <gasps> Certainly growing up as a kid, I love Sharapova. But, um, but no, it was more in men's tennis, there's a lot of... It's, it's very serve volley, serve volley. Like it's very yeah. quick points, whereas women, it's more strategic or tactical and the mm. points play it longer. That's just my personal opinion. But yeah. and I think Matildas, we've obviously seen what oh they're God. doing. Yes. So we were, good. we were in London. Like, oh, froth. It's amazing. Yeah, how good is it? I know. But even like our mates over in England, like they love women's football. Like they're just a, the Premier yeah. League over there. And so good. So I'd love to know, what do you think is the main difference why these sports are so... I could be wrong with this, but mm-hmm. advanced in yep. terms of women's sport. Is it just duration and how long they've been going for? Mm. And how you, long would it take, do you think, mm. to get AFL to that kind of level? Mm, such a good question. Yes and no. Like look at the NBL, for example, yep. like the Australian NBL. So remember like when we were growing up, like I'm a little bit older than you guys, but in the 90s it was pumping. Yeah, it was. Every school holidays I was going to Andrew Gay's clinics, <laughs> Tigers were the biggest thing in town. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it just – disappeared there was no basketball no basketball league I think there was but I don't know where it was um and it's only recently really been revived since Melbourne United's hit the town again um and since old mate Jeremy uh Larry Larry uh Larry, Larry. I forgot he's in the last name I know we Lancaster. were talking about him the other day weren't Larry we? Lancaster no yeah it might be that yeah I don't know I've, let's I've just delete it. that bit out <laughs> of the pod <laughs> anyway I'm a bad, bad, bad person to ask it anyway and we're back until our mate Larry <laughs> who we're best mates with uh, um piped up and just yeah. rejigged it yeah. it's taken off again like yeah. the games are pumping there's music yeah. I went to a game I absolutely loved it and I'm not even a big basketball fan but what that tells you is that sports will you know, dip and grow depending whether you can still continue to engage the market because the market is always changing. Mm. Um, Netball has always stayed the same, which is why it hasn't really continued to boom. It's kind of got to a point that was like ANZ Champs a few years ago were playing New Zealand. It was really funky. Super Netball kind of came in, but... It's just lacking that next bit of like, okay, it's really great for kids, but how do we target like those mid-20s to 30s and keep them involved in wanting to go and watch netball? AFLW, yeah, it's kind of plateaued a little bit, but I think 
as you continue to see the skills and the game structure and everything develop. And let's face it, it is still in a developing stage. It's only eight years in or eight seasons, which is seven years in. And the players that are playing at the moment haven't come through a professional pathway. So in netball, you start at 14. You're learning how to do video analysis, massage, physio, all your weights, all the rest of it. Whereas... The women that are playing AFLW, there's only very, very few of them that have come through the football pathway. But even then, I don't know if they've been able to exhibit those professional behaviours around how hard you need to push yourself at training, learning game structure, um, just, yeah, a whole lot of, you know, how to recover properly, how to eat properly, how to train when you're not even under contract. Because realistically, you don't have to train if you're not under contract. But look at all these Olympic sports who have to train seven days yeah. a week, mm. even though they don't have a contract. So it's about them learning as a whole. I think there's a lot that do it, but there's still a lot that don't. How hard they need to work, even when no one's watching, even when they're not getting paid. And I know that sucks, but once they do that and we see the results on the field, which we're already seeing, but if mm. you continue to see that fast track, it's epic. You should see some of the takes this year. Like Hodder from Brisbane took this mark running back. Did you yeah, see that, it? It was like, Ray, it was like Raywalt like that. Wasn't but, it? Yeah, that was insane. Right? Yeah. And even, even you mentioned that tackle, the bull, that tackle the Bulldogs. Yes. Up, like that was brutal. It was brutal. I don't know how that went to the tribunal. but Yeah, like, no, exactly right. But I think why – so because the girl ended up with concussion, oh, right? okay. However, insane that this is where there's still some differences because all the bodies are at different stages because they haven't all developed at the same rate. Whereas when you get that development pathway going, you know, with men's footy, 13s, now 14s, now we're making an academy, now we're all starting weights at the same time. So you might have this chick who's done weights for like 10, 15 years and is a beast of a human (laughs) and probably the best tackler in the league that hits like, I don't even know how old the girl is that got hit, but, you know, her body's not quite there yet. That's where we're seeing the differences. So it's going to take another decade for all of that to even out. So when you get hit, you're not flying. Because I can tell you now, when I started AFLW, I got smashed and it caned. I was like, holy (laughs) crap. Like I just got absolutely crunched and... Because I knew I was playing for a short time. A good time, not a long time. <laughs> oh, you got, um, a fl- you got a flag in yeah, there. So I did exactly. get a flag. That's a good time, yeah, all right. I got yeah. a flag, I got an All-Australian, and I got a prelim at the Gather. So I was tick, tick, tick. Very good. Um, and but, were, you, were you captain for one of those years too? Uh, I was vice, vice captain. captain. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, didn't have to be good at um, football to lead. <laughs> Were you part of that inaugural game? Was it Carlton Collingwood? That no, fr- no. Who was I it? I wish Carlton? I was. Carlton Collingwood oh, was. at Icon Park. Yes. And 27th out, the lockout. Yeah, oh, that one, that one. Yes. Yeah, it was the lockout. So I was actually in South Africa at the time playing oh, for the okay. Diamonds. It was in 2017, January. And I remember watching that game going, I'm going to do that one day. Right. Mm, that was the Amazing. moment. Yeah, well, it gives me shivers. That's yeah. incredible. I, yeah. I, I want to ask a question. We're always happy to, to cut this out if, and we'll never see the light of day yeah. if you don't want to answer it. But it's it's very interesting and topical to us anyway. And I'd love to hear it from an, a women's athlete's perspective. Mm-hmm. But trans uh, athletes in the sport, Yep. how do you feel about that if that was to amalgamate in the future in terms of going up against trans athletes as yeah a biological woman? Yeah, well, I think that as long as you've – done everything that needs to be done and I think it's I'm not 100% sure but I'm pretty sure it's about the hormone levels so once your hormone levels have hit that certain point I'm fine with it I think that we're at a point in today's age where you're not a school kid going out to play sport you're a professional athlete that has spent hours and hours in the gym and you are big you are strong and you know, like I'm pretty sure during my time of being a professional netballer, like I was telling you guys off air, like I used to do bodybuilding training because I just wanted to be buff. There were a lot of men that I was stronger than. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so it doesn't like, I don't, I don't know enough about the science, about the build and like whether you've like, I don't know if someone was to, you know, get massive on steroids and then transition and then what that would entail. But I just don't know enough about that kind of thing. But in regards to someone transitioning, if all the markers are ticked and they want to come and play, AFLW for me is the most inclusive sport and place in society that I've ever seen and I freaking love it and I want it to keep being that for people because I can tell you what, there's not a lot of other places in Australian society that we accept diversity. We say we do, but we don't. We mm. like everything the same. We like people to be the same. And to have somewhere like AFLW and women's sport that you can come and be yourself and mm. be heroed for that is freaking cool. So, yeah, bring it on. I reckon if they could be a leader in that, that would be awesome. Was it uh, like 
was I don't know. You played with netball. Is were they diverse playing in that sport? Like, do do you see that organisation as diverse enough? Do you think there's improvement over there? Like, you you were at the pinnacle of that. You're a gold yeah. medalist. Like, are they? At that level or close? No, they're getting there. They're okay. definitely getting there. They're definitely getting better. I think with netball, it's really difficult because it's such a small sport and it's so competitive. Like you've got 10 in the team and only seven on the court yeah. and you need to work your freaking ass off. And whilst your mate next to you might be your best mate, like you're still wanting to get on the court over the top of her. So that kind of competitiveness goes to another level, whereas in footy, because you're rotating on the bench, like there's 30 in the squad, but 21 players playing and you're generally going to get some bench time or, you know, some bench time or some game time if you're playing. It's just not as serious. Um, Are you saying it's like it's tougher to be inclusive because we can't include everyone because of the numbers? Are you saying that? Or? That's a good question. No, I think I was just trying to find an excuse to say why netball is not as inclusive, yeah. okay. <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you. Right. Yeah, it's a difficult one. But I think that how do I explain it? I've always, so netball's like a private school girls sport. Like I was different in netball and I felt like I was different in netball and I felt that I couldn't be myself all the time. Whereas in football, I was the quiet one. But I hadn't changed. I was still myself and I was still being equally as loud as I was in netball, but I was just quieter in comparison to where I was in netball. But I think that they've been doing a lot of work in regards to being more inclusive and allowing different personalities and understanding that, you don't have to be a certain way. And I think the reason why having to be a certain way came around was because we had a culture and, you know, like once the Australian team has a bit of a culture that filters through to the other teams because if you've got the best doing it, then mm. you kind of go from there and it's like, you know, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to wear this, we have to do that. So, for example, we, you know, like, we had to go to lunch together, we had to have breakfast together, you had to do everything together and I was like, I've seen enough of you, you know, like I yeah, want to go off yeah. and do my own thing. Whereas, and that's like, why did you like us? And I'm like, no, I do like you, <laughs> but I like you more when I'm away from you. <laughs> well, did you watch the Beckham doco yet? Yes! Like uh, that whole Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. Yes, like, very that is much the mentality. That. Like, yes. No white boots, black yes. boots only. Like, yes, that's like, netball. It's so that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I used to wear black shoes to piss them off. <laughs> yeah. Like, and really? my coach hated me. I used to wear black shoes because Lisa Alexander was like, I hate them. And I'm like, I know. And I love it. Yeah. I love that you're hating me right now for being different. <laughs> like it was just so fun. Does that make it difficult for fringe players? That's what I think about because I think of footy clubs being very clicky mm-hmm. in terms of footy clubs I've played at. And if yeah. you're not in that, say that there's often diversity between yeah. senior team and reserves team. Yep. And if you're not in there, it's almost like you're shut out. Kind yes. Of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that similar if you're in that squad where it's everyone's doing everything together? So I think I used to conform and I think that's the difference. When you want to make it, you're willing to sacrifice yourself because I sat on the bench for six years before playing my first game. Like, right. So I got picked up in 2003. It's a long time. It was a long time. And yeah. yeah, like self, there's a whole lot of things. Self-sabotage, injury, confidence, opportunity. Yeah, it took me till 2010 I moved to Adelaide to play. And by that stage I was obviously sick of sitting on the bench. So I just did what I needed to do. I kept Sharni locked up. I just worked hard. I asked the coach, what do you want from me? What do you need from me? And it was like tick, 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 tick. Then once I started playing and feeling a bit more confident and Sharni started coming out, issues started to arise so that's when I really started noticing that if you don't conform that's when yeah you can get yourself in trouble so you find players will still make it because they sacrifice themselves to be what they need to be to make it but you can only do that for a certain period of time before it starts to eat away at you well you've been really open with your mental health struggles and Mm. you're an advocate for for that absolutely and and an ambassador for that with your book as well yeah Um, no apologies is that the book name yeah because I'm not fucking sorry yeah and that's great (laughs) (laughs) Um, like would you say a period of that was the the struggle you had because you had to conform yes absolutely absolutely because well it was the struggle between trying to be myself and trying to have the courage to be myself but then that was getting me in trouble for not conforming. So I wanted to conform because I wanted to be a good teammate, but then that was making me unhappy. But then by being myself, which made me happy, made my team and teammates and coaches unhappy, which then also made me unhappy. So I was like, do I be me or do I conform? What do I do? Who am I? And I just completely lost myself um, for about a two-year period. And then once I found out that I had depression, I got diagnosed. That's why I quit netball because I had to choose. I had to choose to conform and play netball or I could choose myself and quit netball and I chose to quit. 
That's really interesting. And it does seem to show that when you're watching AFLW or hear AFLW athletes speak, there seems to be more focus or encouragement on their personal identity, mm, which is really totally. fascinating. I'm really interested to hear. We're talking off air. Obviously, you've got a podcast with Sam Lane, the, the W podcast. Yes. And you were saying it's it's aimed at the casual AFLW viewer yes. that knows a little bit about it, but not... I suppose, like, yeah. watch it. Or the sports lover. The sports lover, yeah. yeah if you w- love sport, you could listen to our pod and understand our FLW. Which, to me, is a perfect niche. But you mentioned something off air, forgive me, I forgot exactly how you put it, but yep. you said something along the lines of there's an issue with the sport that actually, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but almost shuts people out by accident because it's not, if you're not with us, yeah. you're against us kind of thing. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about that kind of mindset? I think it, it's more as a whole. If you get a movement moving in toward a certain direction, if you take it too seriously, of course you want to take it seriously, but it's not inviting to those who don't understand it. So okay. um, to flip that on its head with netball, so once Fox Netball took over, they were like, okay, we need to start explaining the rules a bit more because the whistle's blowing 30 times a second and no one knows what's going on. <laughs> so they started having the rules like rolling over in the corner. So someone's like, oh, that was a stepping. Oh, that was a contact. Oh, that was an obstruction because it's such a fast-moving game. Yeah. It wasn't actually including the crowd with what's going on. You're just like, all right, now the other team has the ball what the hell happened yeah okay um so i find with female sport in another way they go so in depth with which is great because there's people that want that and there's a target market for the in-depth analysis of the game but there's some people that just are like who won who lost what were the big issues of the week who got hit who got suspended will someone miss out on the eight was a coach sacked, like just the juicy stuff. That and you with want. a little bit of entertainment And from with you. a little bit of entertainment from me and Sammy <laughs> as well. So, yeah, like we just love it because it's such a good sport and I think it can – sometimes people go, no, I like, you know, I'm AFL or AFLW and not a lot of people but some. Yeah. And you just go, but it can be everything. Like yeah. it's a different form of footy. It's not the same game as AFL men's and that's what I love so much about it, whether it's the fact that you're at the game and it's got a more of a community vibe. Like I – Absolutely love going and standing on the fence and having a tinny and just having a a chinwag to those next to me and, you know, bring your bloody dog down, you know. Who cares? But you're not having to sit. I actually love that you're not sitting in the stands of that big stadium because whilst it's cool to see and we'll get to that one day, it's more personable and it's got this really beautiful feel around it. Uh, Unfortunately, that meant for you, all the crowd could hear you swearing off your head probably during games. (laughs) You couldn't get away with that. Fuck a man up. Yeah. You know, the best thing that I can say that to my players and they wouldn't get offended whereas in netball you just go get on your fucking player the ball shot and stop being me to me but, no, so yeah but um so point being we're just more of a casual casual pod for your everyday listener that loves sport that wants to know about it um because it's freaking awesome and once you get into it and you learn the teams and their tactics and their strategies and what's going on and um the ins and outs it's really fun do you hate new zealand like was that, was that was that a real rivalry? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, like the problem is, is that I like I I love them too. Yeah. So it's like you're like oh like I love them as people. Love to hate them. Yes. So like when I was growing up playing against New Zealand and you had like Kat Tuviati, um, Van Dyke, Van Dyke. Oh. Like <laughs> honestly, the most lovely person you've ever met in your life. And I'm like now I need to play on you and hate you. You know, yeah. like I was a real get in your mode kind of athlete. I wasn't me fun shiny. I was like I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and, um, and it gets rough, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, elbows, stepping on their feet. I was dirty. Oh. Like I'm happy to say it. It's fine. What's the dirtiest tactic you've used? Well, no, I'm not <laughs> super, super this. dirty, but it's just that annoying. Yeah. Like I would just walk on the court. Bit of pinch? No, 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 no pinching. Just no. stepping on the feet. Bit of okay. an elbow. And it's just... Like when I say dirty, I actually wasn't even that dirty, but it was more just that constant pushing just yeah. so that Using they knew that I was there for yeah. 60 minutes and they were just like, leave me alone, yeah. go Fuck. away. Oh, that is adorable. We ask all, all athletes of any sport that come on this show, we yeah. love asking this question. Have yeah. you ever received a really good sledge or given one that you almost just you almost, you almost almost just applaud, like it's actually mm. witty and clever? Oh, no. Mum no? always really bad. Yeah? Yeah. Um, <laughs> foot, I remember foot, like, it's not so much a sledge, <laughs> but because – as I said, so you're friends with the girls that you're playing against. Yeah. Um, so then I used to play against Gretel Tippett, who I freaking loved, yeah. but she was so freaking good. So <laughs> you cannot, can't push her around. She's a beast. Anyway, so I was being like angry, shiny mode. And she just walks up next to me and just grabs my hand and just interlocks her fingers and goes, I love you. Oh, oh that is good. <laughs> it was good. Like just that really is good. That would get me. in your head. Yes, oh, reverse I know. Psychology. Reverse psychology. Reverse psychology. And I was just like... 
fuck off, Gretel. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's no, rattled you for the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, no, I really, yeah. That's footy was always like, oh, you think you're an netball lad? I was like, well, I was. <laughs> like, I'm too literal to speak. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. why don't you go play wing defense? Because I'm playing football. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm here. You can't kick. I know. <laughs> I know I can't kick. That's why I'm a ruck and I tap it instead and I try to get the handball off to my mates because I can't kick. Like, so they were trying to sledge me, but I'm like, I agree. Mm. And that would throw them off because they're just like, okay. Can you compare the winning in winning at the ultimate level in, in netball, but then to winning a premiership at Collingwood? Like, oh, well, the yeah. celebrations, yeah. Are, they, are they different? Oh. Are they the same? Uh, the, the celebrations, well, do you know what? Every netball team's different, right? And okay. so my biggest celebrations were with the Adelaide Thunderbirds in 2010. And so that was my first year playing. So I just sat on the bench for six months. Oh, six months, six, six years. And we win the premiership and I'm doing bloody confetti angels. <laughs> We're heading straight to the pub. We're dancing on tables. And that went for about four days. And I was so excited that I didn't think that I'd make the Australian squad because I'd, you know, sat on the bench for six years. Anyway, I get the call. I'm in the Australian squad. Wow. Right. I've been up for four days. And I was like, holy crap, here we go. So then, and I hadn't drunk all that year because I was like serious shiny, like I'm very on and off. So I went to the Australian Diamonds camp and I was too sick to trial for the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. Norma Plummer, who was the coach at the time, was like, Sean's been on the sauce. I was like, well, mate, I just won a premiership and I never thought I'd even play at this level. Like, yeah. She was like, you idiot. And so, you yeah, it you was a big lesson for me. You didn't think you were going to get picked though? No, absolutely not. And then I actually made the Australian team the following year and she said to me that I would have been in with a shot had I actually <sighs> trialled. So, mm. anyway, that was a good life lesson about not partying too hard after a premiership. That's um, why we play, isn't it? Oh, yeah. But all of them are pretty um, – oh, without a doubt. Yeah. There is no – sorry I had to reflect on that. I was like, there is no better feeling. Like, And do you know what? And I tell this to everyone at home. It doesn't matter whether you are at the courts on a Saturday, like whether you're D grade, A grade, Premier League, Championship, International. A premiership is a fucking premiership. I agree, yeah. And it is so good. Like, there is nothing better than achieving something with a group of people that you love and hanging out together. And do you know what? The World Cups and Commonwealth Games were the worst because you'd win, you'd go and party and then everyone would get on a plane and fly home the next day. Yeah. And it was so sad. Sure I was be. like, I want to... I want to keep it up. <laughs> yeah, I want to keep going. Guys, come back to me. <laughs> did you, uh, Did you? being obviously Collingwood alumni, when Collingwood won the granny just a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. was there any celebrations there? Or Do you know what? Did, um, you, did you play the alumni card? Were you overseas then or not? Well, I flew oh, back yes. that morning. Oh. So I wasn't. Grand final morning. Yeah. So right. I was invited, but I literally just spent 24 hours flying back from New York and I was cooked. And I was like. I'd been sobbing. My eyes were like so swollen and I was like, I can't go out like this. I think I just need to go home and sleep. I need to act my age for the first time in my life. Um, But I'm really hoping they go back to back because I was devastated that I missed the celebrations. You'll make up for it. Yeah, but I'm still coaching (laughs) at Collingwood at the moment. I'm a development coach for AFLW. So, yeah, I was there with all the girls and they were like, because they play for Collingwood, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that they've supported Collingwood. Whereas I've supported Collingwood since I was nine years old Ah. and I've been through the high and the lows and the, I was at 2011 loss and then I was at the 2018 loss and like I was bawling my eyes out and they were just laughing at me, like just making fun of me. Really? Yeah, they're so mean. <laughs> I, I, I admire their passion though, truly. Oh. <laughs> like, like I admire that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it was pretty good. It was, um, yeah, it was a day to remember, that's for sure. I'd be keen to hear your time on uh, After the Bounce because yeah, you're, yes. you're a good character on that show yeah. for, for a while. What was your experience like with, with the guys on there? They were just fun. I think I was always really nervous because I was only on every couple of weeks and obviously like you've got like obviously your footy sense of humour and then coming in as the female, like I'm still a bit of a, like I've still got that blokey kind of sense of humour, but they were awesome. Like they just took me under their wing. They showed me the ropes. JD's just an absolute pisser. Um, <laughs> JD, I've never heard neither. him refer to that. Yeah, yeah. JD. Not he's chief. I yeah. know, yeah, not chief to me. Because <laughs> nah, I've seen his softer side. You know, like yeah. he pretends to be a hard ass, but he's not. He's Apparently a big, he's a very, yeah. He's a big cuddly cushion. Yeah. And yeah, and then. And it was just, yeah, it was awesome. Love Moons, love Gazy, obviously love Bernie, even though we were kind of like rotating. But I think losing Spud like really took a toll on me. So um, I kind of felt like after he'd left, I wasn't the same. And I still tear up today. Like I don't know. I think it's because he was so beautiful and we connected so well. I cannot tell you why his death has had such an impact on me, but 
And um, it really has. Can it's you, really hard. If you're happy to expand a little bit more, mm. can you reflect on that day when yeah, you heard the news? Yeah, totally. Yep. I was in at the Collingwood Football Club training and um, Wags, who was um, head of the footy department at the time, pulled me in and I, he just said, Charles, I've just got some news for you. And I was just like, well, fuck, that's never good. And I just didn't really know what to expect. And he said, um, Spud died. And I just remember being numb. Like it was like a... Um, yeah, it was, yeah, I just was numb and it took a little while to sink in. I don't think it had really sunk in, but, um, just like a bit of background, like, you know, he, we always chatted because he knew that I'd struggled with depression and he was so open and was, how do you put it? Like, you wouldn't have known that he was still struggling. Like, and maybe you would have, if you were closer to him, I only saw him once a week. But I definitely didn't and he just always looked out for others over himself. All he ever talked about was his daughters and his family and he just, yeah, he was like a father figure to me. So, yeah, and then it was just, yeah, it's just, it's it's so sad for the world when someone, and we see it so many times, someone that brings so much joy to others struggles so much themselves Um, and it's just, yeah, it's it's obviously really, really sad. But, um, yeah, I think for me that kind of, made me shift a bit. I don't think I was quite myself after that. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's obviously, it was like, I, I remember hearing it as well. And even if, I reckon maybe a couple of months before that, I did a, like booked, it, we booked him for a gig and mm. I had to go out and be there with him. And I would, didn't even know. No, like, because he was such a character. And he, I even, I say this to this day, because it was my first proper gig out on my own with the talent for the business. Yeah. And I got home and I got in the driveway and he rang me and he goes, just wanted to check in, hope it all went well. And I got off the phone and I was like, Oh my God, like yeah. I just felt a million bucks because he yeah. made me feel a million bucks. He made everyone feel a million bucks. With like, obviously you would know this more than, you know, or the same probably as Spud, but I'm sure you've had a really dark, one of your darkest mm. days too. Can you share on, you know, because a lot of people, they, they've never experienced it. They might not ever experience depression. Mm. Um, you can only hope. <laughs> but can you maybe touch on like some of your, maybe one of your mm. darkest moments? Yeah, for sure. It's a really um, deep question. No, I know, no, it is, but I, yeah. I do talk about it. I really like talking it, like it sounds really weird, but I do like talking about it because if I had have realised that I had depression earlier, I would have done something about it earlier. So I was probably depressed for two years, but didn't realise. I just thought that being an adult was boring. Like I lost my personality. I got social anxiety. I couldn't go out. I couldn't have done this podcast because my brain wasn't firing. So like I couldn't actually answer a question when it came in. And at that stage, I was at the top of my career doing media interviews, working in the media and pretending that everything was awesome. And when everything's not awesome, like that gap just gets bigger and bigger between who you are and who you're pretending to be to the point where you no longer know who you are and when you get home there's just nothing there and I had well I didn't know what was wrong so I moved back to Melbourne that's when I signed with Collingwood but then it got worse because obviously I was trying to fix things by changing externals not changing like the internal Mm. but I was still seeing people but no one had the answer for what I was going through it I think it was quite conflicting and confusing because I was still up Shani like up and about when I was around people they probably thought oh she's not that bad and then when it all came crashing down and what triggered me was there was a day that I asked to have netball training off and the coach said no and I just thought I've given my whole life to this sport whilst it's given me a lot too I just need a fucking day off and I snapped and um, I called up our well-being manager for the Diamonds and she booked me in with a psychiatrist straight away he diagnosed me the next day and at that stage I was probably crying once a day for no reason, hysterically, like I'd just pull over, driving, no trigger, right? And I didn't have a trigger. Like I was like, why am I depressed? I'm living my best life. Like this is all that I've ever wanted for myself as a kid. Like that would have been my – if I wrote down what I wanted my goals to be as an adult, I was doing them. So it was really, like really confusing. But it wasn't until I actually went, okay, fuck, I'm shit here. And I remember going home and sleeping and – I was in a fog and a daze for about six months. Mm. I didn't like, I didn't fully wake up. Like my brain just was a fog. Like I remember waking up in the morning and everything being fuzzy. And I just remember lying there going, I hope this clears one day. 
I what, fucking what hope this clears this? one Sorry. day. 2017. Okay. Mm. And I just thought, because I wanted to play Commonwealth Games the following year. It was 2017. Com Games was 2018. And I thought, you know, like a knee. If I just sleep for two months, I'll be fine. But then two months came and I was no better. Then three months came and I was no better. Then four months came and I was no better. Then five months came and I was no better. And I was just like, for fuck's sake, I'm so over this. But my one thing that I'm so grateful for is my family because they meant more to me than me. And I've seen families that have had suicides and I've seen what it's done to them. And I would rather be the happiest, oh, the happiest, the unhappiest person on this earth than put my family through anything. So I didn't care if I was alive or not, but I don't say that I was suicidal because I would never have done that to them. That's really interesting. Mm, yeah. So, and maybe I wasn't, you know, whether that's a part that I wasn't as that deep because I still had that amount of cognition, you know, whereas like being depressed, and this is what I try to explain to people, your brain literally doesn't work. Like, it's not just about not thinking. Like, it doesn't turn on. I couldn't think. And I still get it, like, you know, here and there. Like, it pops up for me, but at least I know how to manage it now. But it's really hard to explain to people that have dealt with social anxiety, that haven't dealt with, you know, having to go out. And do you know what? Like, I was able to take six months off and get supported by netball. Like, I'm so grateful for that. Like, I know I've been a bit of a dog today when I was talking about <laughs> netball, but I do love them so much for everything they did to me, for me. Yeah, it's just like people go through this and they've got to get up and go to work the next day. Yeah. Like, it's full on. So I go out and try to go, these were my symptoms. Feeling blue and unmotivated, which we all get every now and again. Social anxiety because people will talk to you and you can't think of what to say back because your brain's not firing. So that is the fact that your brain's not firing. And, yeah, just not really – just finding no enjoyment in life, you know. Like you might go for a beer with a mate or go for a walk with your dog or listen to music, go to a concert. Things that usually bring you joy no longer bring you joy. That's a clear sign that things aren't right and you should go and see someone about them before that goes on too long. Because it's okay to feel down and we're all going to feel down and I think it's good to go, yeah, I'm having a down day. That's okay. We all have down days. But when those down days turn to weeks, months, years – do something about it because it mm. won't fix itself. And the thing is, like, I couldn't have fixed myself because I'm the one that got myself there, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So yeah. I needed that external help um, to be able to get me out. So, yeah, I think um, – I know that was a long answer, but my down – like, one of my worst days, it was just lying in bed and, you know, the fact that I was able to get up and have a bath that day was a bonus. Yeah, that was a win. That was a win, yeah. yeah. And learning that if you do one thing in a day is a win then and then the next day – you might do nothing, but it's just about day on day, week on week, doing one thing more than you did the previous day and you'll eventually get back to your normal. And I've now learnt my personality and how I am and that I don't need to be any other way. And that's a really important piece of like, you know, are you fixed? No, I've got a crazy ass personality because I've got ADHD and I'm going to go hard, 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 hard crash, hard, 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 hard crash. But it's just about me trying to manage the peaks so that I don't crash as far each time and those kind of things. So know your personality. What are your triggers? This week I've actually had a bit of a shit one, to be honest. I had a cold. I've been feeling a bit foggy in the head. I've got a few lifestyle changes. You know, I was running really late today. Hopefully this makes you feel a bit better coming in today. No, I feel so good. You guys are the best. (laughs) So I just... You know, so I've just had a really quiet week. I've cancelled a few things, looked after myself, started eating healthy, cleaned the house yesterday and have done a few things that I know will help me next week. So it's about reverting, going back to some really simple things that will help me get back on track and then starting again. And you're just always starting again. That's life. We're always falling off and we're always getting back on. No one's perfect. I don't even expect you to know the answer or know how to answer this question Mm. but people like Spud's a really good example and yourself we see you on TV and you're so bubbly and happy and energetic and And then maybe in those quiet moments it's difficult how do you put on that front I love people we love people yeah we love people so it's being around it's being the center of attention or being the entertainment or being what what yeah is is it like where just easy banter seeing people smile and if you have a bit of a banter or a bit of a joke a bit of a laugh it's a distraction (laughs) right like it's you forget everything for a little bit but then that's what allows you to be able to go and be that person yeah okay yeah definitely and it's the freedom and we're quite funny because we don't care because 
we know what it's like to not care if we're here or not. So, like, we don't take ourselves too seriously and we love to have a bit of a joke to hopefully try and make someone else's day a little bit lighter. And, you know, honestly, I was that buggered this morning. I thought, oh, I reckon I'm going to be a bit off today, like just super flat. But then because you guys are so fun, like <laughs> it's easy to be here and on this level. Like it's just we'll always rise but I wouldn't be able to go above that now. And I do try to be a bit more normal when I say normal, quieter around different people these days sure. so that what I found when I first started trying to keep my energy in and not put a front on all the time, people were like, Shani's really quiet today. What's wrong with Shani? Hey, are you okay? And then that's annoying. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm just being a normal fucking human. Mm. Like, you know, just let, let me be. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. So I always say to people like, let people have a shit day because it's not about you and they're not pissed off at you. They're just having a shit one. And the more you let them have it, the better they feel the next day. So... There we, you go. With, uh, Do you guys let each other have shit days? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Because you work so. a lot. We work, we work together. We've lived together. We work together. We travel yeah. together. So we know each other. We've been best mates for how long now? God knows. 15? 15 years. Yeah, so yeah. we know each other pretty well. Yeah. But I think we, well, we've taken, occasionally we're like, man, I just need a bit of time. Well, like, the, yeah. like, the funny thing, work day I reckon not. one of the only times we ever took the podcast off, like, like I didn't upload an episode, sorry. I reckon it would have been in the first year when I was struggling with mental health. Yeah. And I actually said, but like you're talking like ep- within the first 10 episodes of us doing this. And since then we haven't, Every there's been one go out every week. Yeah, for like I still three I years. remember so I put good. one out, but it was the worst podcast ever. Oh, but I, was, yeah, I, I, I can't I was, do this solo. I, I, you were trying to do a Nick Carter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was actually <laughs> well ten episodes in, Shani, right? And I'm referring back to our like, oh, let's go back to episode three oh, and listen to this. I'm like, <laughs> oh, the boys put it on the other. You don't day. have the best of yet. You no, need no, at least yeah, a thousand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not Hamish and Andy. Not ten. Yeah, not nine boring episodes and nobody's listening. I actually want to go. Go back and listen to the it. It would be so good. Well, uh, I Everyone, to. let's get back and well, listen Shani, to it. Well, Shani, guess what? Each what? year now we do yeah. best of the year. Oh, so wow. I'm sure you're going to find yourself in that category. Yeah. So we, we normally find a few categories like funniest moments, heartfelt yeah. moments, oh my God moments, controversial oh. moments. So uh, I'm sure you'll find yourself mm. somewhere in there. So keep an yeah. eye out in December. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just too far away. Yeah. No, it's actually crazy how fast years gone. But still on that mental health topic, with women and men, mm-hmm. it is kind of talked about like, oh, men don't speak but girls do speak working uh and playing sport like do girls speak about their mental health because you're around the girls all the time do they speak openly about it like because men footy clubs i think men do now yeah probably on probably not on the level that they used to but is that what the girls talk about it yeah like I found it definitely get better and I have to say like you know everyone really rallied behind me when I was coming back and you know they didn't know the exact right things to do or say but like you said nor should you if you haven't Mm. been through it and I think you know some good advice for people and I don't know what you think but if you haven't been through it that's okay like Mm. you don't like just kind of go hey how you going good that's good is there anything I can do yes no but you don't have to have the answers whereas I found everyone kind of being like oh Charlie's got depression. I'm just going to tiptoe yeah. around here and treat her a bit strange at times or whatever. But because you don't know, and I probably would have done the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I really yeah. relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah. it's just like treat them as normal. Anything I can do, nah, still have a joke, still do your thing. Yeah. Awesome. I might not, you know, be as bantering as what I am on a podcast or whatever, but oh, gee. And yeah, now I've forgotten the question because I've <laughs> well, gone offline th- again. Well, I think we've definitely had days on the potty where probably him more so than me has probably taken the reins more on the episode more than I have because. Yeah. He knows that I might be feeling a bit off. Yeah, and he'll, great. He, he probably might ask every what a boss. He'll ask him. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. ask one question. He might ask the next three. Yeah, uh, that was right because you're Have really you sick. that hard though. Okay, let's get into like media now, right? Okay. Because this is what scares me the most about media is that I because I'm not consistent and I don't mm. have consistent days, so I'm always really worried that you know because I am up shiny one day but then I'm down shiny on another day. That's why I don't do too much media these days because I can't be the same. And people don't know what they're going to get from me. The consistency, you're not sure if it's there. Like, as in, it'll change. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, it'll yeah. change without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. So, like, some days my brain's firing and I'm like the best presenter in the world. And then the next day I can't tie two words together. And yeah. you're like, good well, chat. I think, I think we very much. I mean, as you see, there's no notes in front of us. Yeah. We always come in from a place. And we, we interview people. We have no idea about what their, their industry. We, know, we interviewed ghosts. We interviewed uh, like um, paranormal investigators up in, in oh Queensland. God. So we had no idea what we we're talking about. That's not our strong suit. That's so cool. That was cool. So we interview all these like people from different walks of life. 
But I think we definitely go off the energy of the person. So sometimes it's a really up and energetic conversation mm. and sometimes it's more serious. But yeah. when we do our own solo shows, then yeah. I think we tend to be pretty consistent. But that's because... I think even if we are having so well. yeah, like even if we are having a shit day or yeah. whatever, we can get up and about around each other, and we can, we know so how good. to trigger each other to make mm. each other laugh. And yeah. we, know, we could just like he can wink, he yeah. can make face expressions, yeah. and I'll piss myself laughing. Oh my God, yeah. Like so, there's there's yeah, I know it's it's yeah. like we're yeah, we always have to say look, we're actually not a couple, and <laughs> 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 we always have to make your own sense. But um, yeah, yeah. I, but I do just going back one thing that mm. you said before about the mental health stuff, I yeah. really relate, and I think too like one of the best bits of advice that was given to me as somebody that doesn't know how to handle that situation yeah. was just be consistent as that yes. person. So just show up as the same consistent person. This yes. is someone that's um, trying to help us if you're close. Like my girlfriend mm-hmm. told me this, just be consistent, be the yeah. same person. That's yeah. all I need. I don't need answers, just be consistent. Yeah. That's one bit of advice that stuck with me. So yeah. Yeah, yeah we don't like changes. No. That's for sure. Are you, are you loving the uh, coaching development aspect oh, of it. like, because I can, I'm sure not playing probably sucks too though like i'm sure you watch and sometimes you go oh, i wouldn't mind playing or are you okay oh, with that no i, I like I, I do miss playing i absolutely do it's really sucks when the one thing you were good at you can't do anymore yeah <laughs> so doesn't sure. help when you get a horse kicking you in the shoulder either. no i know it definitely doesn't <laughs> that's a real put, kick to the face <laughs> you're just like oh, I well, that's, that. well that's the end of my netball career yeah Shoulders that's it gone. i'm done shoulder's gone <laughs> bastard um <laughs> So I do, I absolutely do, but I'm not willing to do what it takes to be there. And I think, like, there's a part of me that regrets retiring from footy, but also I know that I can't go half-assed. Like, I'm all or I'm nothing. I'm, I'm in the gym five days a week or I'm not in the gym at all. And I'm not an average performer. I'm an outstanding performer. And that takes a lot of effort because on top of the six training sessions you do a week, I was doing three to four extra gym sessions. I was doing extra video analysis. I was doing extra skills sessions. I was doing extra physio. I was doing extra osteo. I was doing Pilates. I was doing yoga. Your poor husband. Yeah. So that's why, well, that's why I retired. I didn't see him. And to be good, to be the best, you need to do a lot. And when I retired, even from netball and people were like, but Shani, you got so much longer in you. And I'm like, but I'm not like, I'm a natural athlete in the fact that I can read the game, but my body isn't naturally athletic. Like I'm very like slim. I'm not super strong. My body doesn't hold muscle. So that's why I had to spend so much time in the gym. And after I took that six months off netball and I like a lot of that muscle kind of wasted away, I was like, it's just too hard to get back because I know how hard it is to get back and I'm not mentally able to do the work in the gym. Physically, yeah, but I'm not mentally able to sit in the gym 10 hours a week to get back to where I was. And then I wouldn't have been the player that I was and I wouldn't have been okay with that. And then you can see how this perfectionist mindset that I had in netball created depression because I was always comparing, competing, be better, be better. So I had to get out of it and go to footy at something that I wasn't as good at to be okay with that. And then, yeah, and with footy, it was just about retiring because I wanted to spend more time with the hubby. Yeah. Like I've, I was 33, hadn't spent any time at home, did, hadn't been on any holidays, you know, just being a normal human. You really miss being a normal human. 100%. Yeah. We, um, as we get towards the end of this podcast, I wanted to ask you, so we, we, this is something we haven't been consistent with, but Doss and I, we have a, a, we're trying to build it. We haven't done, we haven't promoted it very much, but a little YouTube channel on the side. And we've yep. done with a lot of our guests, uh, Doss VD challenges where the guest comes in as, as, uh, as the expert and they take us through something that they're known for or they've, you know, you know, them. you know what it's very much like. It's, I know exactly <laughs> what you're going to say. Um, oh, yesterday's heroes. Is yeah. that what it's called? So, oh, yes. Yes. so oh, no. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I don't know, maybe we could tee up in the future, DOS VD and netball. Did yes. you take us through? Oh ne- my God, I'm pumped. The punishment always is a pretty bad yeah. punishment for oh the loser. God, I love this. So if you could yeah. think of a, if you could think of a, a, some kind of punishment you had it back in the day or we will think of one, but yeah, uh, yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah. prep you that for the future. Okay, but yeah, I've, this has been one of my favorite podcasts. I've oh, really yes. enjoyed this conversation. There's been so many avenues we've gone He doesn't down. say that mm, to everyone. Really? I, yeah, I feel like that's no, just something no, that you would say to all your no, guests. No, I don't. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, we probably should, but uh, we don't. Uh, Take that, old previous guest. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. There's some heavy hitters on that list. It might come back at you. Um, <laughs> they always do, and they always lose. They so. don't listen. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm interested, just as a bit of a final question, we'll have yeah. a look at your book prior to you, to you coming oh, on the show. And yeah, what do you think? No, you haven't say, read it? No, 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 I haven't read it. Well, oh, we'll say well, it. <laughs> we will read it, though. No, you won't. It. You're a liar. Am I re- how, how, do I read He's books? a big reader. Okay. Yeah. And right, I read our guest books, don't I? Yeah. You do. Yeah, so yeah. You, by the time we do this challenge, I'll be able to give you a nice little hypnosis. Oh, I like that. How's that word? How do you say it? Hypnosis? Hypnosis. Yeah, that one. Hypnosis. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that one. So that, that's my promise back to yeah. you, Shiny. We have good English, don't we? <laughs> yeah, that's not what we're known for. That's here. not what I'm known for, so yeah. well done, yeah. Yeah. Um But in this very long-winded way, mm-hmm. you had a good extract on the back or a little bit of a tagline and it said yeah. like it was to do with being known as a human or person. Yes. I'm interested to know when it's all said and done for you, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be remembered as? Because there's many different mm. ways we remember you or think of you now, but mm. had what it actually sits on your heart is something you want to be remembered by. I would hope, I would hope that I am remembered by contributing to women's sport in Australia. Like not just, not just netball. Like for me, building netball was always my priority when I was playing. Like I wanted it to be as big as AFL. Didn't quite get there, but I think, you know, we did a pretty decent job. And same thing, that's why I wanted to play AFLW because I wanted to contribute to women's Mm. sport in Australia. So if someone goes, Shani contributed to the growth of women's sport in Australia, then I'll be stoked. Well, you've done that, that's for sure. Thanks, man. So thank you so much for for coming on and giving us your time. Appreciate Um, it so much. And being so honest and open and... Having a laugh. I mean, we could have gone very rogue. I'm sure. If yeah. we, uh, we can do if another rogue session yeah. if with you your husband. Yeah. Your oh husband. my god. Yeah. He's we'll go, so rogue. We'll go into the, the marriage side of your oh life. Oh my god. It's so funny. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. We'll wait and see. But uh, yeah, thanks, Shani. We really appreciate it. Yeah. No worries. Thanks, boys. D, wasn't that episode just awesome? Oh, mate, I got so much out of it. I'm sure you did too. And, of course, thank you to everyone who listened. Guys, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For sure. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple. It goes such a long way to helping the show. And, of course, you have your chance to get a shout-out. Don't forget to go and follow us over on Instagram as well. What's the Instagram, D? It's at D underscore. D-O-S-A-N-D-D underscore. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode.